tape cassette labeled Vivian Gates Larson Interview, November 1985. This one was flagged for a very specific reason. This isn't the first time Vivian's popped up on North Shore's radar. Before 1986, our file on Vivian's pretty thin. She works a dozen odd jobs, ranging from bookstore clerk to long-haul trucker to farmhand. Around 1981, public records show that she filed for separation from her husband at the time and takes a job as a firewatch in northern Saskatchewan. Kind of a post-divorce palate cleanser, I guess? The fire tower she's assigned to is in the wilderness north of Duggan Hill. She does four seasons there, and takes up residence in Lloydminster in the off-season. Her last work stay up there would have been summer of 1985. And then she meets Calder McVannon. Sitting here with Vivian Gates Larson. Do I have that That's right? That's me. November 2nd, 1985. Hey, are you going to finish the spring rolls? Uh, no. No, go ahead. Currently in Duggan Hill, Saskatchewan. I uh, stopped here. Stopped here for these. Every time I headed up and back. Last stop for real food before a summer of canned crap. You know? Yeah. It's, um... It's really filling. You should try the ginger beef. So you're not a reporter, right? No, I'm not a reporter. And you're not gonna, like, like, write about this, are you? I'm only recording this so that I have an accurate account. Because I already tried telling folks, you know? I heard. Yeah, they, um, work put me on what they called an indefinite leave of absence. So you were fired. And the reporter from the local paper was just... just fucking useless. Maybe that's... Maybe that's for the better. Look, I'm not a reporter, and I'm not here to make fun of you. And I'm not here to make your life harder. I just want to hear your story. How'd you even hear about me anyway? My associate, Petra. She was doing some research in the area, and your name came up. You must have been asking some wild questions then. Uh, so if you could... Right, okay. It was June of this year. I'd been up there a while. Quiet, calm, nothing to report, just how I liked it. There wasn't supposed to be anyone up there for about a week or so. Just the regular supply run. I'm sitting up in the tower, it's pretty early morning, I'm thinking about coffee, and then I hear this noise, this screaming. Screaming? And my first thought normally would have been, shit, some animal's having the worst day of its life, but that scream wasn't animal. It was human. Now, we don't normally get hikers up out that way. Shouldn't. But if someone was in a bad spot, and I was the only other soul out there, you know, I get the first aid kit and I'm running down those stairs, and let me tell you, there's a lot of them, just charging towards the sound of that poor fella screaming. I see him before he sees me. Dark hair, real long. Looked like he hadn't had a shave in ages. His clothes are all filthy, too. Shoes falling apart. He had a jacket on, like some kind of military thing, but it was all torn to hell. Uh, so, uh, two things I should mention before I get too far ahead. One, 
the fella. He wasn't just gibbering nonsense. He was speaking Spanish. Spanish? And nothing but. Um... What was he saying? Hmm. El Fano. I don't speak a word of it. So I'm getting closer. I'm trying to get his attention. Then we get to the second thing. Fucker's got a rifle. Takes a shot and tears off running. Thankfully, he missed me. But he hit the tree I was standing right beside. There's splinters everywhere. Piece of pine bark gets me right in the eye and buddy. Fucking hurts. So now, I can't see out of my damn left eye. And for all I know, this guy won't miss if I come after him again, so... So you called it in? You're damn right I did. Hold up in my tower, kept away from the windows, took care of my eye best I could. It was a couple hours before anyone got there. Benny shows up first. He's one of the park rangers for the region I usually uh, call up if I think there's poaching going on. But he's not alone. Policeman from Duggan Hill's there, too. An older fella. Officer Gaines or something. I still can't see too well out of my left by then. But at least it's not hurting like crazy, so they ask me if I can show them more or less where I saw the guy. So out we go again, but real slow, real quiet. When we got to the tree where the bullet hit, Officer Gaines pulls a knife and digs it out of the tree and pockets it. Says he's keeping it as evidence. And what about the man in the woods? Nothing. We were out there till sundown. Didn't find a trace of him. We get back to the watchtower. Benny tells me he'll have his radio on all night in case anything else happens. I head up to my safe little spot, but as I'm climbing up, I throw a look back at Benny's car. He and the officer from town are just... I couldn't hear what they were arguing about, but Benny looked like he was about to have a heart attack. They barely said two words to each other while they were in the woods with me. But the second they're alone, they just... I don't know. It's weird. I can imagine. Anyway, they drive off. And at this point, I'm fucking beat. I still stings a bit, but I'm thinking I won't have to go into town for it. So I finish climbing the stairs to the lookout. And the door's busted open, cause guess what? I've got company. Oh shit. Por favor. Por favor. Lo siento. Tengo hambre. The rifle was on the counter near the stove. He was already finished uh, one can of stew and was going hard on the second one. I don't think I realized how thin he was until I got close enough to get a better look. Lo siento. Estaba hambriento. All right, just... just take it easy. I kept my hands where he could see them. Gave him space. I had a path to the radio from where I was, but... 
I didn't know what he'd do if I went for it. Benny was already driving off. No use running after him trying to flag him down. Tienes un mapa? Uh, a what? Un mapa. Donde, donde estamos? Started asking for something. I tried to make it work. Un mapa. You mean... Mapa. Like... A map. Oh, you want a map? I pulled out the provincial map. Met him halfway in the middle of the room. And rolled it out. Donde estamos? He was pointing all around us at the trees. Then back to the map. I think he was trying to say... Okay, you... You want to know where we are? We're... We're here. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan? I got a much closer look at him while he was staring at the map, and he was... You could tell he hadn't eaten properly in a long time. He had these... Uh, I don't know what they were. Maybe burn marks? Running along his arm? One on his cheek. He was missing a finger, too. Saskatchewan. He pulled out this notebook from his pack. Filthy pages, just covered in scribbles and drawings. Started writing something down I uh, I couldn't see. Fue el camino equivocado. He was pretty invested in what he was writing down, and I... I could have taken a run at the rifle. I know I could have held him at gunpoint while I called up Benny on the radio. But he wasn't threatening or anything then. He just looked... lost. Uh, Vivian. Vivian. Esteban. Okay, Esteban. Getting somewhere. He kept throwing an eye out at the tree line out the window. Like he was expecting... I don't know. Like he was looking for something that wasn't there. Necesito irme. Es posible que me hayan seguido. I'm sorry, I... I don't understand. He made like he was about to leave and I just... I don't know what I was thinking, but I just... Adios. Hang on. I still one of my ex-husband's jackets on me. I don't know why he never asked for it back, so I just kept it. I almost never wore it, just had it as a backup. Here. That one's... That one looks pretty bad. You should have this. Gracias. He took off the old jacket he was wearing and we swapped. And I got a good look at what he had on underneath. He was wearing one of those vests, like a, a nice one. Or at least it had been nice a long time ago. And there was a word embroidered on it, right above the breast pocket. What did it say? Langevin, I think. Langevin. Huh, you know it. Could you continue, please? And then he took the gun and the notebook and his backpack and he left. Walked right back into the woods. Never saw him again. Um, and that's more or less what I told the local paper. They really didn't know what to make of it. And then the park board went and... Yeah. Leave of absence. I see, so now you just... Work at the bottle depot. That's... If I smell like stale beer, that's why. Well, I wasn't going to assume. Vivian, uh, thank you. This has been very helpful. Helpful? Do you still have his jacket? 
Do I? Yeah, I mean, I still got it. I don't know what you... I'd like to buy it off of you. You what? Have you told anyone else about this? Uh, nobody that took me seriously, no. The, the cops, couple folks at the bar, but... Okay, okay, that that's good. Look, Vivian, I'm going to write you a check. Uh, hang on, just uh... My offer is $1,000 for the jacket. A thousand? And 5000 more if you refrain from discussing your experience with anyone else. You don't think I'm crazy? What I think is irrelevant. Let me find a pen. What are you not telling me? That conversation would take all evening. Look, smartass. It's $6,000. Are we agreed? No. No, we're not. Name your price. Within reason. I want to know what's going on. You're from where, exactly? Vancouver. And you came all the way out here, you and your associates, looking for little old me, all because I met a fella in the woods. That's a little bit simplistic, but... Don't talk down to me like that. Okay. I'm not some rube you can... Um, we're getting off track. That man was out in the middle of nowhere, but with shoes like that and no gear on him, he would have had to have had... A camp somewhere, somewhere close. But we never found any trace of one. And the way he was, it's... I've lost sleep, night after night, because I can't figure it out how he just came out of nowhere, disappeared just as quick. So why are you here? $10,000. Final offer. You're not going to let this go, are you? All right. Yeah, we need the hands anyway. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume you've never heard of the Montpellier phenomenon. The what now? Right. Yeah, we're not going to do this here. Check, please. According to the records we obtained, there was no one named Esteban employed at the Hotel Longavan during the time it operated. However... Our research team did dig up something interesting. One of their desk clerks vanished from the property in 1961. Matthew Mandelson was reported missing to the authorities in May of that year after he failed to meet his family in Vancouver. When pressed, the hotel stated that Matthew had abruptly quit without explanation two weeks before. His room at the hotel had been cleaned out, though None of Matt's colleagues could say for certain that they saw him leaving the hotel grounds. The police were never able to find anything concrete. The jacket in question was recovered from the storage locker. It's badly damaged, but our analysis team believes it was a standard issue jacket given to French soldiers during the Second World War. Our files show that Vivian Gates Larson moved back to Duggan Hill in the summer of 1987. There's almost nothing about her in print after that. She remained there until the incident in 2015, and we identified Vivian Gates Larson among those that refused to leave the town when the wildfire was closing in. Her remains are interred just outside of Lloydminster, Saskatchewan. <laughs>